by Riverside. Welcome to Garage Takes Season 2, I believe Episode 14, joined here by my co-host Brant. Um, first of all, anybody who is joining us for the first time on the Garage Takes Podcast, welcome. Hopefully your expectations aren't too high because you're going to get let down. Um, this is a sports podcast show brought to you by two average guys in our garage, um, literally just talking sports, Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, football, uh basketball we got a little basketball playing for you today little little pistons uh lions i'm very excited about who doesn't get about excited about the lions on a bye week but uh we do this show every week during football and basketball season and you can do us a huge favor if you haven't done so already and give us a like a follow a subscribe to the podcast and if you have done that already we previewed this last week, but I want to go back to this upcoming giveaway that we have. So, on October 29th, we got a big game in Ann Arbor. Michigan hosts Michigan State. Last year, we did a $50 giveaway for anybody that follows, subscribes to the podcast. And by the way, it's free to do so. So, once you are able to prove that to us, that you are a follower or subscribe to the show... You either need to send us that in a screenshot and a text message, share it with us on our social media posts, which by the way, if you haven't done so already, interact with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Garage Takes. Uh, you, you'll be seeing more details come out from that soon from Brant. Uh, but this year, sponsored by DRB Fiber, shout out Dylan Burzak. Um, they're giving, they're doing a jersey giveaway for us, Brant, which is just awesome. So basically you need to tell us, To enter the contest, show us that you follow or subscribe. That's step one. Step two is tell us who you think is going to win, Michigan or Michigan State. If your team wins, or whoever you chose to win, if they win the game, step three is you're entered into the drawing. We're going to put the names in the hat. We're going to draw them out after the Michigan-Michigan State game, and the winner gets to... Pick a football jersey of their choice, Aiden Hutchinson jersey from the Lions or Kenneth Walker from the Seahawks, who had himself a nice little debut this past weekend with Rashad Penny going down for the season. So pretty easy to do so to to enter the contest. And once again, that doesn't happen. Like Brent and I are not forking over the money. We do not. We are not getting money on this podcast to be buying you football jerseys. That is brought to you by DRB Fiber and our good friend Dylan, who's actually joined us on the podcast before. So once again, thank you, Dylan. Um, we definitely have more details coming on that soon. But uh, Brant, did I cover it, man? Or do you think that's simple enough to follow? I believe so. Uh, if you pick, if you pick Michigan, but you're a Michigan State fan, you can still choose the Kenneth Walker jersey, right? Uh, yeah, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. No, yeah, we yeah. want people to get the jersey of their choice. Like, I know Ash just texted us and was like, it pains me to say this, but sorry, Ash, I'm outing you right now on the podcast. Michigan State fan, but you're picking Michigan. But, hey, if Michigan wins this game, go ahead and get yourself a Kenneth Walker jersey. So, okay, uh, I just want to clarify that. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for clarifying that. And, Brant, now that you're chimed in here, man, how are you tonight? 
I'm doing well, man. Uh, beautiful night in Portland, Michigan. Uh, just how you expect it. It's like 45 degrees and rainy. Uh, perfect fall weather. Um, I got some. Uh, I got some yard work to do this weekend on a Michigan bye weekend. So that's what I'm looking forward to, Dave. It's actually going to be pretty nice this weekend. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, this can't be more Michigan weather than it is right now. It's like 39 degrees in my garage as we record this. But, of course, I'm excited for the weekend because it's going to be 76 and sunny. Um, friend Gage is going to be in town. Going to be, we're going to be hanging with the kids, having ourselves a little little bonfire, watching a little football. It's going to be an awesome weekend. And then, Brant, dude, next weekend, get to hang out with you, Curdy. We got ourselves some tickets to the Michigan-Michigan State game and got a weekend planned together. So, man, it is uh, just an exciting time. A lot, a lot to, to look forward to. And it's even more exciting because you and I are Michigan fans. And it's pretty nice right now to be a Michigan fan because, and that's kind of how we'll segue into the show. Michigan enters their bye week 7-0 and after completely dominating Penn State. You know, I think the final score was 41-17. to But Michigan fans, if you want a Michigan to check the boxes on a lot of things and a lot of questions and We've been hearing throughout the start of the season, all the way up until this point, is we know Michigan's pretty good, but how good are they? They haven't played anybody, which, I mean, as Michigan fans, you cannot argue how just god-awful this schedule was in September. Um, and then they traveled to Kinnick Stadium against Iowa and got a huge win. Iowa then loses this past weekend, so it's like, the, like that win means a little bit less. And it's like, all right, still we don't know enough about Michigan. Well, you bring, you bring Penn State into the big house and two undefeated teams go at it, literally in the tunnel for anybody who saw that. And Michigan just stepped up and got it done. And Brant, I want to start there. And I we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Does it feel to you like Michigan's for real? And I don't just mean like this season, but this program seems to have turned a page like these games that we just normally would struggle in, maybe lose nail biter. What's going on in Aaron Arbor, man? Has Jim Harbaugh really got this thing right? Make me, make me a believer. Cause you know that I've been a, I've been a doubter, but I, I'm hesitant to say, I, I think I'm pretty bought in right now. What do you think? Well, Dave, it's hard not to be bought in because it feels like a complete culture flip. Um, when you talk about the physicality, when you talk about leaning on people, when you talk about uh, wanting to punk your opponent, like uh, like when you take a look at what Jim Harbaugh did at Stanford uh, with the 49ers, this is finally coming to fruition at Michigan. This is what we've been begging for for seven, eight years, whatever it's been, Dave. Um, it finally feels like he has taken stranglehold of this program and got it just molded how he wants to. Take a look at when he was at Stanford, Dave. Think about it. Who was out there and who was – it was Oregon and USC at that time that had high-flying offenses that people were like, we can't stop these guys. How are we going to stop these guys? Jim Harbaugh, to win the Pac-12 those years, enacted physicality, defense – and churning you over and time of possessing you to death. And Dave, what do we see in the first half against Penn State was straight I mean, it was like historically domination of the possession of of the clock, man. I, it I was, think 
Yeah, didn't like for the game though. Didn't they have over? They had the ball for what? 40, like over forty minutes? minutes. Yeah, it was over forty minutes for sure. Uh, but my point was, they had eighteen first downs to one first down for Penn State, and that is a complete domination. So when I'm talking about Harbaugh doing that at Stanford, it finally feels like he's figured out his rhythm, his balance, everything he needed to figure out for this team. And when you um, break it down, Dave. It's just an offense that grinds you to a pulp. And that's exactly what we want to see. When you're playing on second and five and second and four and third and two all the time, I don't remember a third and long, Dave, unless there was a penalty involved. And, and by no means were was did Michigan play a perfect game. They had two big breaks you know, in the first half um, that didn't go their way. And then they had some dumb penalties, um, you know, but that's okay because they were able to overcome it all because they were the more physical, they were the more dominant team. And now you have a quarterback and I know you're going to want to get in this too, Dave is now with JJ, you can't just put eight in the box. You can't put seven in the box and just come downhill at these guys because JJ is going to either pull it and he's going to run himself or he's going to be able to beat you with his arm. And that's something we didn't exactly get last year with Cade. And that's why everyone felt like, hey, we can't hit our ceiling until we have J.J. in there to make all the throws. And now that you have that, we've only scratched the surface. That's my question for you, Dave. Do you think this team has peaked yet? Or do you think it's peaking at the right time? Or do you think they're just scratching the surface? You know what the wild part is? I feel like we're just scratching the surface. And that's after a convincing 41-17 win that was complete domination. And Michigan faced adversity in this game. They were down 14-13 to somehow, some way. And Brent, you just read the first downs stats in the, in, in the first half. That game never felt close. And what's scary is I don't feel like Michigan's played their best game yet. I feel like that on the offensive side of the ball for sure. And I feel like that on the defensive side of the ball. And anytime you've got a Heisman candidate running the football back there, man, it makes first down, second down a lot easier. And you're right. You're not in a lot of third and long situations because you're probably running it on first or second down. And Blake Corm seems to, every time he touches the ball, get you five, six yards at minimum. And a lot of the time it felt like he was getting eight to 12 yards. And that's hard to stop. And it's exhausting. It's the kind of football that Jim Harbaugh wants to play. It's the kind of football that this Michigan program has historically been built on, for better or worse. We've had to criticize it at times. But when you've got the right personnel in place to to do it, why not do it? And J.J. McCarthy, I thought, had himself a really nice start to this game. Um, his stats may not show it. I, I think if you look at the box score, you're like, oh, J.J. didn't play great. I thought J.J. played w- very well. Um, he missed a couple of throws, one early on to Donovan Edwards in the red zone. They, I know that they didn't convert on touchdowns early on, um, but he played well, and he made plays with his legs, Brant. And you mentioned that. We haven't had that before, and I felt like J.J. gives us that that next element, and let's not forget the fact that we had two 170-yard rushers in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. And I felt for the first time, Brand, I said, at, I think before the season even started, I felt that Michigan had one of the top 
running back duos in the country. Now, Donovan Edwards faced an injury early on. Blake Horm's been consistently good. He's been great. Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely outstanding. That's why he's in the Heisman conversation. But it was just a matter of time before Donovan Edwards got his moment. And if that tandem starts clicking, Michigan's going to, they're going to be a hard team to beat in the entire country. And, and I do feel strongly about that. I do. I think this defense has looked good. I mean, they like against Penn State, outside of that weird little run from Sean Clifford, like what did Penn State do on Michigan? They held, and, and those freshman running backs, Singleton, and I forget the other guy's name, they got a lot of love going into this game. And from myself included, where I'm like, Michigan's going to have their hands full. I don't even think combined they ran for more than 50 yards, Brant. So, no, I to, to the question you posed to me, I don't feel like that they have scratched the surface yet. I think these players are getting better each week. They still have been missing the Kai Hill Green, which is going to give them mountains of help that they need um, in the linebacker core. And I just, I mean, you're looking at Mike Morris get better each week, Yabi Oki, like these guys are improving in all aspects, which is what you want to see. You said peaking at the right time. I think they're getting, they are progressing every week, and I don't think that they are peaking just yet, which should put the rest of the college football world, I don't want to say on alert, it's not to that level, but you better watch out for Michigan. Michigan has historically been a team that, and I'll say it as a Michigan fan, they get the media love, they get the Joel Klatt, they get the hype every year, and they tend to underperform, with the exception of last year, they tend to underperform those expectations every single year. And now you're seeing in back-to-back years, they're stepping up to the plate, and Michigan looks like a very, very tough team to beat right now. And Brant, I want to pose the question to you. Do you see Michigan as good enough to contend, like legitimately? I think they've got the talent to contend for a national championship, but do you really see them doing that this year? Or like, has has your opinion changed from last week to this week? When we did the podcast last week, I think we were predicting the college football playoff. Both of us put Michigan outside of our final college football playoff predictions. Has that changed for you after this win this past week? Yeah, I hate that you bring that up because I would love to do that segment this week. Um, you know, ESPN has their uh, power index or whatever, and they have Michigan actually with a better chance to win the national championship than they do to win the Big Ten. And that's because you have to go to Ohio State to beat Ohio State. And, and that makes sense. Uh, if you were to catch them on a neutral field, maybe it's a different story or something along those lines. So I think they're just factoring that in. Dave, yes, this team is better. Um, uh, this team is better than they were last year. Let's just get that. Let's just get that out on the table. And I'm telling you, the biggest difference I think right now is J.J. McCarthy. It's the J.J. McCarthy factor because when we talk about teams stacking the box, Michigan really, when they played Georgia last year, they didn't have a second punch. They only had, uh, you know, we have to be able to run the ball to open up the pass. Now it's kind of like, okay, J.J. can come to the line, recognize whatever formation the offense is in. If they decide to put seven or eight guys in the box, now J.J. can check into something. He can beat you with his arm, um, and it's quick, right? Like, 
he can check into something, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, we got to guard all these really good receivers too, because Michigan has an amazing wide receiver room too, and you just don't see it as much right now, but I don't think they've had to utilize it as much right now. So I think Brand. we will get to that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I- no, no, I, I completely agree with you. I actually want to I want to play you a quick little clip that I heard uh, Jason Jason Avant, former Michigan Wolverine wide receiver, interviewing JJ McCarthy. I'm going to have you mute for just a second. Just want to play this and hear your take on exactly that. On two things, actually, the leadership of JJ McCarthy here in this answer, the mentality of this team, and then talking about these wide receivers. How fun is it being seven and zero, but also being a quarterback, University of Michigan? The way I look at it, it's it's one and zero mentality. I mean, yeah, seven and zero, but that's all in the past. We can't do anything about it. It's just a, it's just an event that happened, and now it's how we respond. Are we gonna get complacent because we're seven and zero and we beat Penn State, or are we gonna come back in, do what we do on a day to day basis, and keep striving, keep growing? So it feels great. It shows that all the work's paying off and that it's working, and we just gotta stay on that path. Last question I have for you is that the receivers wasn't a big part of this game. Is there conversations that you have with them to let them know, hey, there's not going to be 400 yards of, mm-hmm. of you know, rushing and maybe 400 yards passing next week? Do you guys have those conversations? Um, not really because we have just such a – we don't have selfish guys on the team, and especially in that wide receiver room. Like, they block their butts off every single game. They don't complain, nothing like that. So just being able to have that – as an offense is a huge blessing and they know the time's going to come especially with michigan state this week like they're ready to eat and yeah i mean there's little things here and there that i just kind of get their confidence up like hey we need you we need you all this stay up stay up so it's it's just great to have them great to have the group of guys that we have and yeah their their time's going to come and they know it so, Brand, I thought like two things st- stuck out to me from from that. And I know it's kind of a longer clip. I mean, the first is that just the and and you hear this from a player. I'm not trying to. I, I know anybody who's listening to the show knows that I've been on the JJ hype train, and I, I love JJ. <laughs> but I just think you can hear in his voice that he genuinely feels like, yep, yeah, that game's at, like Penn State's already in the past. They're on to to Michigan State and Brant. There were four goals they, this team named at the beginning of the season. Jim Harbaugh named it in the Big Ten presser. They were goal number one, which by the way they haven't had a chance to do yet. That comes up next weekend. Beat Michigan State. Goal two, beat Ohio State. Goal three, win the Big Ten championship. Goal four, win the national championship. This team seems locked in behind the leadership of JJ McCarthy. I think this is JJ's team now. I think things have shifted. I don't care what the stat lines were, what they are. I think this is JJ's team, amongst other leaders, obviously. Um, and I think it's interesting to get the question, too, about the wide receivers because you continuously hear Michigan hyped up on the talent in that wide receiver room, and you just haven't seen that unleashed yet. And and the reason why, and you, you brought up the wide receivers kind of at the perfect time because you, you asked me, if I think they're peaking, if they've scratched the surface, I think this offense in particular has just scratched the surface. And I think here, this upcoming game against Michigan State, I, I think that you are going to to see some stuff unleashed that we haven't that, that we haven't seen yet. And Brandon, I think it's pretty well known what the weakness in Michigan State is. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's their secondary, and it has been their secondary. Um, 
But that doesn't mean that, you know, you go away from your bread and butter. Obviously, Corum and Edwards, they'll get their work. But I think it is time to start. Maybe J.J. needs 35 passes or something this game. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at what Graham Mertz did, you know, and, and Graham Mertz is Graham Mertz. You know what I mean? Everybody seems to have a career day as a quarterback against these guys. Uh, that's just because they're not very good and they're not schemed very good. So we'll see what happens. Um I, I'm not a huge fan of just saying, hey, let's go away from what we do, you know. But if you end up with a 14, 17-point lead, why not try a couple a couple of plays where you can get downfield and, and maybe take some one-on-one shots? Uh, Lord knows that Michigan State's going to throw their one-on-one shots, and, and we'll, have, we'll have a chance to get into that next week, Dave. I don't want to divulge too much into that game right now or anything. But as far as the wide receivers go, man, if you watch these guys on a week-in and week-out basis like we do, Dave, they really do block their butts off. I mean, that is something that is tried and true with this wide receiver room, the tight ends. All these guys get downfield, and they'll throw a block. Um and you see it with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum on these long runs. Who's running right next to him? It's like it's like the wide receivers are like running with them, just clearing the way for these guys every single time. So that's led by Ronnie to Bell too, man. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, feel like having Ronnie back. Yep, yep, he is. Um, yeah, I think that does it for the takeaways from the Penn State game. I mean, that's just a ton of optimism coming from us. I'm still going to be incredibly nervous, which we're going to do with the pod next week. I Until I see Michigan with a final winning score over Michigan State, I don't care how bad they are this year. Um, I need to see it happen because, Lord help me, if you guys enjoy this podcast and Michigan State wins this game next weekend, this might be the last time you hear me on Garage Takes. Let me just put it that way. Michigan needs to win this game. All right, Brant. Lions had a bye week. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. Um they are one in four. They've got our Cowboys this weekend. Uh, Cowboys just dropped the game to the Eagles, but they've also had Cooper Rush, and that defense continues to look really good. Brant, I just want to theoretically play this out, and then we can move on. They're one in four right now. Let's say they drop this game this weekend, which I think this spread is. I don't. I think it's like set or a touchdown or something like that. So. If that's the case, you're one in five. What do you do at this? I mean, is the tank? I don't want the players aren't going to tank. Like I think people need to get that out of their heads. Like they're going to play every single week. But as a fan, are you cheering for the tank at that point? At what point does that come on for you personally, Brant? I think it comes after this game. I think if you if you lose this game, Dave, I think for fans they will mentally check out at one and five. It's the same old Lions type deal, and it's very clear that you just need some juice. You need a dude in the locker room. You need a C.J. Stroud. You need a Bryce Young. Like you get, you have to do something different than what you've been doing. And we all know that their offense was was good enough at the beginning of this year, but the defense has just falling apart they have the bye week maybe they show some life coming out of this bye week dave and they're two and four and they're fighting and they're scrapping i get it um so depending on what happens this week i think the fan outlook is one and five we suck again you know let's just let's just go get our quarterback Uh, i wish we had that drop i wish we had that drop (laughs) right you know um but as far as just wanting wanting to get the future restarted uh, whether you're going to keep Dan Campbell or not, I think that's a Brad Holmes situation at that point. You know, clearly, I think everybody can agree at this point 
we need that quarterback. So let's just go out and just get a nice three, four win season and get yourself a nice top three pick. What do you think, Dave? Brant, I'm already checked out one and four. I, I don't, first of all, I don't see the Lions winning this game um, against Dallas. Dak Prescott is supposed to be back. Maybe if Cooper Rush was there, maybe they've got more of a chance, but I, who am I kidding? I'll probably be eating my words next week. This is totally a game the Lions would win too. Like travel to, to Dallas and get a win here just to keep people tuned in just enough at two and four. But Brant, I'm already, I'm already checked out. I think what's scarier is that when I say checked out, I mean like I'm I'm checked out. Like I'm not like I'll watch every game. I will, but I I have no hope for the direction of this team this season. Um, I think that you're going to. I don't even have to cheer for a top pick. I think you're gonna. My fear is I still think the Lions are gonna win some games. That's gonna drop them in like the number eight overall pick number seven, nine, like that area, which scares me, especially if you want to go and get your quarterback and you're not going to get Will Anderson, who I would take if I had the number one overall pick, by the way, um, that may be a, a, a pod for another time. But I just am kind of, I don't know, like it feels like same old Lions. Like it feels like no matter what they do, it's not going to end well. So I got my hopes up. I did what all Lions fans are not supposed to do, and that is to drink the Kool-Aid and to feel optimistic and feel like things are changing, the culture and all of that. And the rah-rah culture seems to have changed. Players are happy. It's not the Matt Patricia era, but just when the players are happy and the team camaraderie is there, doesn't mean anything if you're not winning games. So uh, me personally, I'm already checked out at 1-4. and four. But I think most people are probably with you, Brant. I think one in five is going to to be the nail in the coffin, especially yeah. when you ju- you're just coming out of the easiest part of your schedule. By the way, being one in right. four, right? Yeah, the the game against the Jets no longer looks easier, um, or the Jaguars and stuff like that. So it's it's getting a little more daunting as it goes. Um, and how frustrating is it as a Lions fan to watch the Jets be decent and the Patriots to win with a third string quarterback and the Jaguars be competitive and the you know the Dolphins did their flip a little while ago or whatever. But it just continues to be depressing, Dave. I mean, even the Texans are like in every single game. I mean, the Steelers just beat the Buccaneers, and you know the list goes on with Kenny Pickett. Like, what is it gonna take to win some of these ball games, Dave? Well, first of all, you're not allowed to start calling him a third-string quarterback. Say his name. Bailey Zappi is yeah. undefeated. Um, and I just – the Lions, from the ownership on down, I mean, I feel like we've said this for years. They need to be held accountable. This is unacceptable. Robert Sala in his in his second year is 4-2, and two, I believe, or what the Jets are. Like, they are – I don't want to say they're contenders this year, but you're seeing what a rebuild can look like. And I personally feel like they do have some talent on this roster. I think Brad Holmes has done a good job of of bringing talent in, um, but it's just not clicking. And at some point, this coaching staff is going to need to be held accountable. I hope that's not on Dan's watch. I, I want things to change. I do, but... 
man, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm losing hope. And before I start sulking in uh, a deep state of depression, I want to move on and, uh, and and talk some basketball with you. Before we go, though, Dave, can you hit the siren for your hot take of Will Anderson number one <laughs> over Bryce? <laughs> yeah, over Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud. Stroud. Okay, yep. Dave. All right. Dave's, yep. Dave's taking Will Anderson. You heard it, you heard it here first. You got it. Yep. So yeah, Will Will Anderson's my pick number one overall. Um, all right, Brant, I want to transition in to some basketball, man. The NBA tips off tonight as we are recording this on Tuesday. But I'll be honest, man, you designed this upcoming segment, and I don't know what you're about to ask me. So I'm going to turn it over to you and hope that I don't look like an idiot here in a second. So, Dave, I wanted to play a little game. We're going to call it Old Faces in New Places. Uh, NBA free agency is just the Wild West. Dudes are getting snapped up left and right. Trades are happening all offseason long, and it's happening in the summer, so people are kind of paying attention, kind of not. You know, Dave, um, summer plans, up north, all this. So when you go to watch some NBA games this year, let's get some uh, old faces in new places, Dave. All right, you're going to see a trend here potentially with some ex-Pistons. So if you have your if you have your radar up to old Pistons, then you might do okay here, Dave. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hit me. I got my my, my phone is is turned down. Just okay, so you know, good. No mm. cheating here. All right, let's start with uh, two people that we know pretty well here. Malcolm Brogdon and Blake Griffin are now playing for what team, Dave? The Boston Celtics. Wow, nailed it. All right, Dave's one for one. Do you have a little dinger over there or no? Okay. I, I demand a that. siren. Every single one I get right, I need a siren. We do not need that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dave. Your boy. Your old boy here. Andre Drummond and Tristan Thompson. This big duo plays for what team now? The Chicago Bulls. Oh, my God. Two for two. <laughs> Hold on. Come on now. <laughs> Yep. All right, dude. dude you know, don't two. test me on my NBA knowledge, dude. You know, all right, all right I'm I'm feeling it. Let's go. All right, Dave. All right, X Piston here. Christian Wood now plays for this team, the Dallas Mavericks. Wow, dude, yeah, dude yep. is on <laughs> fire. Come on now. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's see how good you really are, though. All right, all right. Come Contavious on. Caldwell Pope and Uh-oh. Ish Smith now play for this squad. Oh no. Oh gosh. KCP. Where is, yeah, where is KCP and Little Ish Smith these days? Oh, man. Back Hold together. On. Hold on a second. KCP. Actually, I don't know if they did play together in Detroit. I'm thinking no. I'm thinking Ish was a little bit after. He was KCP. after KCP. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, I want to I come back to that one. I want right, to pass. Let's come back to that. All, All right. right. Dave, we know this guy a little too well. He ripped our heart out in the 2018 NCAA championship. Dante DiVincenzo is now playing for this team. The Golden State Warriors. Absolutely correct. <laughs> All right, I'm All not right. going to sire. I'm, not, I'm going to stop the <laughs> sirens. <God. laughs> yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, let's go with Danny Green and Jarrett Culver have now suited up for this team. Yep. Danny yep. Green. <laughs> yeah, folks at home, he just sat there and said, yep. yep. <laughs> D- Danny Green's. Uh, Danny Green, the old Tar Heel. Yep. Oh, shoot. Jarrett Culver. I feel like they're on a 
contender together now for some reason. They are definitely on a contender. Yeah. All right. You want to come back to that one too? Yeah, let me cut. Yeah, pass. All All right. right. All right. Let's go with Luca. I like this. (laughs) Luca Garza and Rudy Gobert now play for what team? The Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, Dave. There you go. Did you know that from Luca or did you know that from Rudy Gobert? I well, <laughs> I knew it from both because I I watched Garza play in the preseason, but okay. Gobert had the big headline. Obviously, that was like a blockbuster trade. So, all right, Dave, this is all an right. easier one for you. Okay, where did this trash talking guard land? Patrick Beverly and Lonnie Walker now play for this team. Hilarious that they he <laughs> playing for the Lakers and him and Pat Bev. Oh, it, Pat Bev hates Russell Westbrook, and they hate each other, and now they have to coexist in the same locker room. Going to be interesting. The Lake Show just gets even more dramatic. It's perfect for the LeBron show. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Uh, Ricky Rubio landed on this squad this offseason. Mm, he was with the Cavs. Um I don't know. I don't know that one. He re-signed there. You should have oh. had that one. Oh, okay. I mean, no. This is okay. new. This is new faces or old faces, new places. All right, on, Dave. Man. I'll give you that one. Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I also had Donovan Mitchell down, but that was way too easy. If people don't yeah, know, Donovan yeah. Mitchell is playing for the Cavs this year, which will make them a very good team. So, all right, let's move those guys to the side. All right. All right. All right, Dave. Last one before we go back and find the other two. All, All right. right. Montrez Harrell, P.J. Tucker, suiting up for this squad. Yep. Um, P.J. Tucker. De'Anthony Melton also went there. Yep. Hold on a second, dude. Now P.J. Tucker <laughs> left the left the Bucks. Yep. Um, You're not checking that phone, are you, Dave? No, I'm I not. That look, phone down. Look at All my right. look at my hands. <laughs> yeah. Montrez Harrell, P.J. Tucker, and DeAnthony Melton all joined this team in the offseason. The Heat. No, sir. The 76ers. Ah, they go tonight too, don't they? Yep, They're right they now sure playing do. to the Sixers. Yep. Shoot. Sixers are all playing right. the Celtics. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss these last two as well. I, I'm all right, still so, thinking. So we had, uh, let's go back to the first one. Let's go back okay. to KCP and Ish Smith. I'll the give Wizards. You a hint. Oh, I'll give you a hint. Western Conference squad. Okay. Uh, they have an MVP on their team. He is a big okay. man MVP. Uh, um. Oh, oh, to the Nuggets? <laughs> yeah. With Jokic? There you go. Okay. All right. Got All it. Right. I didn't know that. All right. What's the other one? Um, let's see here. This was uh Danny Green and Jarrett Culver. Yes, also a contender, Dave. You had that correct. Yeah. And this is also a Western Conference team. Okay. Con- hmm. A highly competitive Western Conference team. Great jerseys. Great players. Great jerseys. Young star. Uh Dang. It's slipping me now. Young star. Hold on, man. That, <laughs> what? Yeah. I think we stumped Dave at least. On yeah, yeah, you stumped me. Ten. All right, Dave, uh. it's the Grizz. Oh, John Morant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great jersey. I don't know. Uh, People, I like their jerseys. They, they mix up their jerseys quite a bit. I'm a big fan of the Grizz. Hey, man, I, I, I will give you props on that segment. That was, that was fun. Okay, 
So, Dave, before before we switch over to the Pistons, I do like to ask you about um, some Western Conference and some Eastern Conference contenders. Like, what do you think about the Lakers this year? Like, is that going to be a thing that actually works this year? Is that going to be something that doesn't? No. Is this LeBron's I, last I, stand? <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that I have. they've got – LeBron has ran them after winning a championship there. He's ran them right into the ground as LeBron normally does. LeBron's made this what LeBron wanted. He got Russell Westbrook. It didn't work. Then he wanted Russ out. Now he's stuck there with Patrick Beverly. Anthony Davis plays like 12 games a year. I just don't have confidence. I mean, I'll give it to LeBron. He's aged well. He played great last year. Didn't equate to wins. They missed the playoffs. They're not making a run this year. No faith. They did not make any moves this offseason that I see them being like, yep, that's that's moved them back into a contender conversation. I, I'm i going to pass on the Lakers. All right, Dave, what do you think about the Warriors and their inside drama? Well, yeah, like an inside <laughs> right hook drama. Draymond knocking out. That's personal, by the way, heading into Michigan, Michigan State. I am just waiting, Brant. Just wait. By the way, until this next week and people start trash talking, Michigan, Michigan State fans, just wait till the clip starts circulating of Draymond, Cole Clock, and Jordan Poole. It's coming. Absolutely, Dave. Yeah. Um, totally yeah. agree. Uh, yeah. So, so, so war- Warriors, do I think that they're going to contend? Well, no, not 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 will they contend. I think we all know that they'll yeah. contend. I just I I figured I would ask you that just with the inside stuff that was going on. I mean, just, obviously you know that can tear a team apart from the inside out. But I think sure. there's enough leaders probably in that locker room. And Steve Kerr has been around this league long enough. I mean, he got into a fight with Michael Jordan, so I mean, he knows firsthand experience what it's like to get punched by somebody and all that sort of stuff. So I think they can put it to the side for, for yeah, the, the season. The difference is, is that now there are cameras and stuff everywhere that follow these guys and add social media to it. Like you got guy like Draymond out here apologizing on Twitter. Like it's a different day and age and it was dumb. It was childish. Those things do happen, but Draymond is such a baby, man. He, <laughs> I just, he is Jordan. Jordan was right years ago when we were in East Lansing that night. And I'll, for those of us that were with us that night when we hung out with Draymond Green, I'll just leave it at that. Jordan Jordan had him pegged. He knew. If, if you know, you know. If you I know, guess. you know. <laughs> All right, Dave. Let's, uh, let's dive into the Pistons here real quick because, uh, I mean, this is your team of expertise. I bought Bally's this year. I'm totally in for it. I'll be watching tons of Wings and Pistons. Um, finally got the app for Bally's. Figured it out. I won't trash them on this episode. Typically, I do trash them. Uh, so, so what can I be looking for this year, Dave? What do you think is going to be happening with the Pistons, man? Can I just tell you how excited I am right now to be talking about the Pistons on this podcast? Um, yeah, your smile says it all. I know that people dude, can't see you, but you yeah. just have a huge grin on your face. I know that we've officially just had every person listening to this podcast turn it off at this point because I'm about to talk Pistons, but... This is what I think you can expect from them. I think, first of all, I would say set your expectations low because the the hype right now is certainly around the Pistons, and it should be. You've got a young cornerstone superstar in Kate Cunningham who should hopefully take a step forward this season along with Sadiq Bey should take a step forward. Isaiah Stewart is now added a three-point shot to his game um, that looks actually sustainable with like the right amount of volume, where he was hitting a clip of like 37 or 38% in the preseason, but it was on enough shots where I'm bought into that. I think he's going to take a step forward. Killian Hayes, 
he can't take a step back. So he's either going to stay stagnant or take a step forward. And he looks to be more aggressive from what I've seen. Um, those are the guys who have, who have uh, been on the, the roster, kind of like the young core or whatever that Troy Weaver has has drafted. Um, you got the number five overall pick in Jaden Ivey that's just going to add an element of fun to this team this year. He runs. He's the perfect complement next to Cade besides the fact that I'm concerned about their shooting. Um, but it's going to be a highlight reel. And I, I think that to not bore everybody to death, I'll leave it at this. The Pistons are going to be one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA. I, I'm i so excited to have the Bally Sports app too, Brant, this year because I, I'm tuned in for all 82. They're going to be fun. They're going to be frustrating. They're going to turn the ball over a ton. Uh, they're going to get in foul trouble a ton, but they're going to be fun to watch. And let's not forget about Jalen Duran too, who looks like he's going to have to get minutes right away because Marvin Bagley is starting the season hurt for the next month. Nerlens Noel's been hurt. Thought we had a surplus of big men. They trade away Kelly Olenek. You're going to see Jalen Duran early on. Isaiah Livers, Michigan man right there. He's a low-key, just underrated player. He's got a smooth stroke. Man, I could go on and on. The roster itself is exciting, Brant. Um, I am not high on them winning a ton of games. My prediction is, without going on over-under totals and all that, is I think that this team starts really slow this year, similar to what they did last year. And I think they're going to be very frustrating. I think they may lose some people who are like, all right, I'm not watching the Pistons anymore. Like, they're frustrating to watch. Like, Kate just had seven turnovers. Jaden Ivey just shot, like, one of eight from three. Like, you're going to have those games. But they're going to be a team after the All-Star break that starts stringing some wins together, and their schedule eases up after the All-Star break, too. So um, I don't see them as – I know some people have them as, like, a play-in team, possibly a playoff team this year. I don't have them there yet. I think they're one year away. But, dude, I am completely – turned in um and and i'm turned up man for the pistons i am uh I, i'm beyond excited so yeah they uh they tip off tomorrow night brant you have any thoughts on the pistons is uh you've got the the app now you're ready to to lock in before we get into the bets i mean it's awesome for me dave because i watched all these guys in college you know how i'm an avid college basketball watcher, yes you so, are yep um I, I know all of these guys now it's awesome i watched a bunch of their young core in college so i'm, I'm just ready to see them uh, ball out and uh i said this to you earlier in the year uh matt painter did no services for Jaden ivy so what you saw in college you might not see in the pros from him i think he'll be unleashed a little more um matt painter just continues to struggle to be produced head basketball coach so um that's a different tangent for a different time but i am very excited to see uh of what this uh, detroit pistons team can do and hopefully at least you get some exciting plays you get some hard uh defense like you get some uh, exciting turnovers that lead into fast break type stuff and uh get up and down the court a little bit that would be fun to watch so i'm gonna be locked in and i'm gonna be watching uh myself some pistons so, pretty pumped for that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And what else I love are the bets, man. Hit me with them here as we head into this week with no Michigan football. What do you What do you got for me, Dave? For everybody that might have been crapping on me a little bit, uh, fruitful weekend last weekend. I'm talking a big winning weekend. I went plus five hundred dollars. So, so that's what I'm Whoa. talking about. Yeah, when you can when you can string together a little bit of a heater, it feels good. Um, and, uh, I just, things, 
things start to open up more towards the back end of the year because you start to get a feel for teams. Um, one of the big plays last weekend was after watching a little bit of that Michigan State game, it just felt like this is a game that they're going to win. So I hopped on the live line real quick, still got it at like plus 235, was able to parlay that with something else, um, and I was able to hit for, for quite a bit. So um, if you really watch college football in the latter half of the year, I think you can really start to make some gains. So, Brand, I got a question for you. So when you win $500, that's yeah. pretty significant. I mean, are mm-hmm. we talking now you're taking Kenzie out to a nice dinner, or are we talking like you've been three months behind on your mortgage because of all these sports betting, and now you get to chip away at those payments? Or what are you doing with $500? Or does it go right back into the app? Uh, who's Kenzie? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, no, she actually – she, she actually <laughs> – when I when I tell her about the winnings, it does go into a separate account that we do save for home improvement right. projects. Something where I have to put labor in to spend that money, of course. There. That good, makes the good, most good, sense. Good. Good. So I um, like to hear it. I like to hear it, man. No, that's I, I'm I'm busting your chops, but that is pretty uh pretty significant. Job well done. All right, hit me, man. Let's get into it. College football, let's start there. All right, man. We got Syracuse at Clemson this weekend. Clemson is minus 13 and a half. Interesting note about this game, Dave. Both these teams are undefeated. I didn't think yeah. I'd be saying that about Syracuse at this point. Battle of the Orange teams. Who you got? Yeah, I, I will take Syracuse plus 13 and a half. I'm just not. I'm not 100% bought into Clemson yet. I, I just am not. I've watched them play quite a few times. What makes you not bought in? I'm just curious. They're quarterback. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, ukulele or yeah, I, <laughs> I, ukulele, man. I I don't know. I'm just not bought in to to Clemson yet. Are you? I'm bought into their defensive line and some of their linebacker. Like some of their defensive plays are, are, or I should say, their defense is usually pretty good. Uh, their offense does struggle from time to time, and that game against Wake Forest kind of sticks in my craw. Like. You get into a shootout with Wake Forest, that's kind of makes me nervous. Also, this is going to be a Syracuse team that wants to run the ball. Sean Tucker's a very good back, like one of the top five backs. Like he will one get of the drafted. best in the country. Yeah, yep. he'll definitely get drafted in the NFL. So, interested to see what he can do this weekend. Um, I'm going to take Syracuse too. I don't usually like joining up with you, uh, joining up <laughs> forces here, but yeah, uh, don't blame you. Plus 13 and a half is a pretty healthy number. And if you can buy one more point and get it to 14 and a half, I suggest you buy the point or wait for the movement on that. Um, all right. We got the Bruins at the Ducks this weekend. Uh, Ducks are favored by six and a half. Um, UCLA undefeated as well. Traveling to Austin. Who do you like, Dave? Yeah, I'll, I'll take UCLA plus six and a half. Um, gosh, can you imagine, Brant, if we still had Zach Charbonnet? along oh with uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards here at Michigan. But anyway, that's a conversation for a different time. Um, I like UCLA. I, I'll, I'll take them plus six and a half. And in fact, I put uh, UCLA on the money line in this game, and I know it's Ooh. at Oregon. All right, Dave. You're kind of digging into the lock of the week. Look out for this guy here. Oh, okay. <laughs> All wow. right. Okay. Um, I love UCLA here. Um I think Chip Kelly, he's got something to prove here. I don't think Oregon is good as they've played in these last five games or whatever it is. Uh, They still have that stinging loss to Georgia, and you've seen Georgia be okay. I mean, Georgia has been Georgia, but also 
they got hammered by Georgia, like forty nine to three hammered. So, yep, I like I like the way that UCLA's kind of went about their business, and I love their offense. So, I'll give UCLA uh, uh, the nod there. All right, Dave, one of my favorite atmospheres in college football. I don't care if you like Penn State or don't like Penn State. This is the white. I don't. Game. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, but do you like to see the whiteout game? I, I mean, that's oh, just something to. I like it when I like it when Michigan's not playing in Correct. it. Correct. When it's somebody else that has to go through the torture of having to go into Happy Valley at night with all of that. So Minnesota will get to experience that uh, this Saturday night. Uh, Penn State favored by four and a half. I don't know if Tanner Morgan's playing. I. That's a. That's a big if for me. You know what's funny, Brent? I so I'm going to take Penn State to cover four and a half. However, I'm not confident in that because these are the type of games. It's like James Franklin. This is what he does. Start he having a great season. They get destroyed at Michigan. The rails start to fall off, and then all of a sudden, like Penn State goes and loses this game when they should not. Um, so if ten, if Tanner Morgan doesn't play though, I don't I just don't see it happening. Um if Ibrahim can run it all like Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards did, maybe they'll have a chance. But yeah, that whiteout's gonna be a tough environment. I'll I'll take Penn State to cover four and a half, but I'm I don't love it. What about you? You don't love that? <laughs> uh I'll I'll take Penn State. That atmosphere is just so tough, man. I think that's that's good enough for even a lot of people say the home advantage is worth three points. I think that one's worth a touchdown. Um, so it's almost like you start a touchdown up. Uh, give me Penn State to cover that. I think we just agreed on all three of those, which I really, really hate. Let's break up the let's break yeah. up the trend here, Dave. Lions at Cowboys. Who you like? Cowboys favored by seven. Hmm. I'll take the Lions plus seven. Thank you. I know. I. I, I yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you're taking the Cowboys, and trust me, I. I want to, but I think the Lions should be getting Amon Ross St. Brown back and hopefully DeAndre Swift. But this seems like a game that they're going to be able to hang around in, in my opinion. I I think they're going to struggle to score points potentially. I think Jared Goff might get killed all day long. But seven's a lot for for the Cowboys with Dak coming back from that injury, just kind of being an unknown right now. The Lions, the Lions' last stand. Is that what you're saying? This is it for them right here. Uh, this is it. This is the season. No, I love the Cowboys here. Personally, I would buy this down to six and a half. Take that edge off. Um, see if you can't can't get that extra half point on there. So, uh, I like the Cowboys there. Uh, Giants at Jaguars. Two of the most interesting teams in the NFL this year, Dave. The Giants continue to get it done. Happen this weekend again. Beat the Ravens, man. Um, who do you like, Dave? Jaguars favored by three. That's what I thought was interesting about this game. That's very interesting. I would take the Giants there. I mean, easy money, right? Like, yeah, the Giants have lost one game. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's weird, but dude, anytime there's something weird like that, it just seems I like know. Vegas knows something. You know what I mean? Where you're like, no way, that's easy, and then the money pours in, and then. Yep, there you go. The Jags, the Jags, go ahead and win by <laughs> three or four points. So, but I, I'll, I'll take the Giants, which seemed like an easy pick. Dave, once again, I'm going to take the Giants, but I would buy it up to three and a half. Like these are just plays that I think about, and, and I just would buy that extra half point just for the insurance purposes. All right, Dave. Seahawks at Chargers. I thought this was an interesting one as well, just because Geno Smith has been rolling. 
the Chargers, you know, they escaped Monday night against the, the Broncos, which, again, if I had to see the Broncos in a primetime slot, ugh. Let's ride. Gross. Yuck. Nobody's riding with <laughs> you, Russ. All right, so uh, Chargers favored by six and a half here. Yeah. Mm. I'll take see, the Chargers to cover six and a half, but it's not – Gosh, if you'd asked me like a few weeks ago, I'd been like, dude, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I would take the chart. The Seahawks have just been like sneaky good. Geno Smith's been sneaky good. I just think at, at, at some point this has got to catch up and the Chargers got to get rolling a little bit. They're supposed to get Keenan Allen back too, which should help them. I, I'll take them to cover six and a half. Keenan Allen, not happy about having to sit out. He is not a happy camper. Um, so... Dave, I love the Seahawks here. They they are like covering machines. They're in every single ball game. I don't know what it is, but uh, Pete Carroll still doing his thing out there. I'll take the Seahawks. All right, Dave, here's your lock of the week. You ready, man? Oh, oh yeah, I'm ready. All right. So you already hit on the UCLA money line, but there are two other games I would like to parlay with it. I like this parlay. This money line college football parlay. You take TCU over Kansas State at home, money line. You get UCLA on the road at Oregon, money line. And you take Ole Miss at LSU, money line as well. Dave, you know Ole Miss is undefeated, right? Yep. Okay. That's plus 852. Pretty good money. Now, the, the funny thing that I'm betting here is all three of these teams stay undefeated, right? Yeah, all three of these teams are undefeated. TCU is unlikely. Yeah, unlikely. Yeah, I I don't know. I just think uh, who's losing out of those three? Ooh, no, not UCLA. You know that you already picked them to potentially win on the. Who's Ole Miss have? LSU. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly and the boys. And then who does (laughs) TCU have? Uh, His his mammals (laughs) and his papals. Uh, Kansas State going to TCU. There's there's the one. There's oh, that's the one, the one huh? Yeah, okay. there's there's the one. Give me give me Kansas State there. All right. Well, uh, you know, if you engage, want to have some fun, maybe look up that three legger. Have a good Saturday football, man. Uh, it's going to be another amazing weekend of college football and NFL football. Yep, it sure Love will be. It, it is the best time of year. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful weekend here in the state of Michigan. Get outside and enjoy it. Brant, Season 2, Episode 14. It is a pleasure as always, my friend. We will be back next week in full gear for Michigan, Michigan State. As a reminder, like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review. Get ready to join the entry for the Jersey Giveaway sponsored by DR. B, gosh, Brant, what is it? D, DRB Fiber. I'm like, it's there slipping me right now. You got Sponsored it. by DRB Fiber. Shout out to Dylan. We will see you guys next week. Powered by Riverside.